From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Somebody, but I'm just saying I know somebody. Welcome back. It is hour two of the Big and Wild Outdoors. Brayden Gunn, Carlos the Cuban Redneck Lopez, Bill George, and Tom Free decided to come in and hang out with us because uh, where's Jonathan? Where did he go? Is, is he pig showing this week? Is he? He is displaying. Well, he is hauling the children around that are displaying swine oh is that yeah he's he's on the uh he's on the uh swine uh show circuit pig, right now pig patrol pig patrol pig patrol pig patrol i think that was a cartoon i'm not sure uh so we're in here hanging out this morning talking about all kinds of good stuff uh before the break we were talking a little bit about the goliath grouper uh through the efforts of None other than uh, ourselves, Bill George, and various other individuals. Uh, a lot of dive uh, clubs, a lot of guys who spend a lot of time underwater who have dispelled the rumors that they are uh, endangered and there's none out there. And, you know, the same guys that will tell you that they have to swim through the red snapper to get down to the bottom to try to find a hogfish, you know, and those kinds of things. And, but, uh, you know, another non-existent fish that – according to some experts, you know, have to be protected because there's just, you know, there's three left of those red snappers out there. But the FWC is at least proposing, uh, considering a limited, highly regulated harvest is the way that they word it. And during the break, Bill George was talking about the ones that they're really, this drives me insane, but the ones that they're mostly concerned about are the named Goliath grouper. In other words, somebody who's been doing a, a dive excursion at uh, Rex Sea for uh, five years, and they came up, hey, when we get out there, we're going to get to see, you know, uh, Big Mouth Bill and go down there and check him out, and maybe you'll even get to pet him and, you know, see him and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, so all these tourists that come down here and they go dive out there, they want to see, you know, Big Mouth Bill. We want to see old Bill. Well, you know what? What's going to happen when old old Bill is gone? Because fish don't live forever, and one day he's going to be bull shark belly Bill. The, at, the be, exact same thing. They'll be Bill number two. Big exactly. Bill number two. Just, just like when I turn around and harvest a large alligator, another one comes right into that spot. Well, that's what I said. I mean, it doesn't make any sense that if you – have a named creature just doesn't make it any better or worse than anything else because once Big Mouth Bill is gone, there'll they be have, another one right there behind it. They, uh, they actually call them their pets. They're well, not pets. They, they're not pets. They're, it it, it they're belongs pets. to everybody. No, it's not. They're pets that they just, it's like having a pet cat that you just let roam the neighborhood. And they, so they, sh- go, and they shouldn't be petting them or feeding them either. Okay? Well, that's yeah. illegal. Yeah. It's illegal, right, Bill? You it, can't in feed in state it. waters, you're not allowed to feed 
fish. Yeah, and so okay. that and that includes sharks. That includes uh, you know uh, going down and hand feeding stingrays or any of the other stuff well, out here which, off the shore. Which technically, when you're fishing for those Goliath grouper, you're feeding them anyway because half the more than half the time they break your line. I, I I've been fishing for them for 15 years, and we finally were able to bring one up to the boat. They I, usually break your line. I I. I as I said when we were talking during the break, I don't think that there's going to there will be that guy who will go out there and uh, try to get a you know 400 pounder, and you know what's going to happen when he gets a 400 pounder? He's going to be on every news channel, and they're all like, "Look what uh, Tom Free got out here! This is uh, the catch of a lifetime! Look at the size of this thing! He got a Goliath grouper! Uh, you know they're allowed to harvest now." Uh, you know, that you could do it, and, and they turn him into the sensation. The guy who catches the world record tuna, all over the media. The guy who catches the world record striper, all over the media. The panfish. Uh, panfish, uh, ginormous 16-pounder, all over the media. And I mean national news. So, uh, you know, when you got uh, little Tommy Free standing there next to his, uh, you know, 400-pound uh, Goliath grouper. That's too much work. I don't want to catch anything <laughs> that big. Are you kidding me? He's going to be world famous at the time. <laughs> well. But for me, I say, you know, if you target the teenage group, you know, not too small, not overly huge, but, but you know, but 150, they, but wait, 200 pounder. They, but they did that, Braden. They said it has to be right. Um, well, there was you know, a slot two, limit. Two, there's had. a limit. But the problem is, is, yay, a slot limit is all well and good, but how do you measure a fish when you're underwater? You have to no, spend no, no, no. you, you have to spend hours they, and hours and hours and be a professional to be able to spot. This is a thing and know the size they, of a fish. They're not talking about letting. They have not liked the idea of letting people go down there with spear guns and harvest them. They want it to be hook and line only. Yeah, but hook and line only means that you're going to have to remove the fish from the water. You're going to have to do a measurement or whatever it is on the surface. While you're trying to keep the bull sharks and barracudas and everything else away, and try to do a measurement on this fish to get a guesstimate on what its weight may be, when when reality it's not, it's not done by weight but length, length and girth, yeah. so that you can get a, a guesstimate on weight, and then uh, you go well, it's too small or it's too big or whatever, and you let it go and try to make it back down to the bottom, but, and. And then you're in the same situation that we're in with snook and reds and everything else when you turn it back loose with sharks and dolphins eating the crap out of it. To me, I don't see any good reason to exclude the diver from being able to harvest. They'd be the first people that I would invite to the party. Yes. Those are the ones who are down there who see it, who can judge a fish by its length about what size it is. Because you got to remember, optically underwater... Things look a lot bigger than they really are sometimes. Yeah, a 200-pounder and a 400-pounder, there's not a real whole lot of difference, really, I think. you know. And, and I don't think the sharks are going to mess with a 400-pounder. I mean, they could literally swallow it. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, is, if you get down there and it's done and it's instantaneous, as we talked about during the Goliath grouper thing, they get down there, they're not going to shaft that thing. They're going to get down there, they're going to powerhead that sucker, and everything that's intact and everything that's in that Goliath grouper now gets to come to the surface. And if you want to take it in and gut it and put all of its contents in a cooler for the biologist or whatever oh, no, it no, is. No, no, no. They already know. They only they, they, they target crustaceans. Yeah, they only eat crustaceans. Yeah, I've that's, heard that, that one. That is. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I've heard that. Tom, trust me. They only eat crustaceans. Yeah. 
well, all those fish that I've had snatched, you know, as oh, I'm trying to get them up. They don't desire those oh, fish. Oh, okay. They don't desire They them. only desire crustaceans. Oh. Yeah. Do, yeah. do you so, concur with that, th- sir? Th- I mean, uh, <laughs> as a person who's uh, yeah. been involved in yeah. it, though? It, and this yeah, is where you that, lose a lot of people having faith in what they say is because you, from all your experiences... No different. Yeah, I mean, there's so many there's so many spots you can't get a you can't get a fish to the boat because the Goliath are picking them off as you're reeling them up. Yeah, you know, so you I, I, you know the runners, fact that they only eat crustaceans, yellowtail, you know, that, that doesn't that doesn't hold water. No, yeah. it doesn't, and not when you see there's just go to YouTube and and then look at you Goliath groupers. The Goliath it could all be sharks taking them. On the video, those are Goliath Grouper coming up going, oh, you were going to take that to the surface? No, I don't think so. Correct. Shaft and all. Or right out of your hands. You know, it doesn't matter. It's it's going to happen. You know my opinion on it. I say open it up, do a tag system, let them go, let them fry. Because I tell you, the, the little Tommy Free that catches uh, Big Mouth Bill off of Rex C is going to be plastered all over the media as some big giant, look at this guy. He's awesome. But he'll also have all the PETA hate groups also. He can out. handle it. He's got broad shoulders. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. It is the uh, Big and Wild. Welcome back, everybody. Just to get off the subject a little bit, there were a lot of wacky outdoor stories that came out this past week. I don't know if any of you guys saw any of these at all. (laughs) Did you see that the Australian uh, vegan couple had their pets taken away from them? They were feeding them veggies? They literally got these puppies from the uh, puppy store or whatever it is and uh, put them on a meat-free diet. And the dogs were so malnutritioned and almost so close to death that they said, uh, no, you're not going to be allowed to keep these anymore. So they take them away. And they fined them about $7,000 for uh, for animal cruelty that they actually did to the animals out there, uh, giving them the vegan-only diet for the uh the dogs how do you think bunny and clyde would go on a vegan diet there my friend uh there would be a revolt (laughs) (laughs) i would think with your labs they would probably wait till you were asleep and just go ahead and just take a couple chunks of meat off of you right while you're uh they uh yeah they they uh they don't bunny and clyde are omnivores they'll eat anything but uh yeah they uh they eat uh, a raw diet, and they they like their meat. I was going to say, do you think this is the diet that they were feeding these uh, these these dogs, these puppies? They were um, bull Arab puppies. I don't know what breed that is, but um, they were feeding them seriously uh, nothing but uh, chickpeas. 
Uh, you know, basically that's hummus for you and me. <laughs> Anybody else? That's what they make them out of. Gabonzos. Uh, what's the quinoa? Quinoa. Okay, so you have uh, ch- uh, chickpeas, quinoa, rice, and grains. Damn, they didn't even give them tofu. No, not even That's anything. It's too expensive. I, I wouldn't cheap. want to clean up after Bonnie and Clyde after I fed them that. That would be that could, that could be a disaster. Yeah. So uh, they, uh, I guess, uh, down in Australia, uh, vegan diets for dogs is illegal. I are to a point to where you can't uh, do that anymore. Well, I I think it's not necessarily just the fact that it was vegan, but the dogs. We're not doing well under that diet. And they and they you know what, dogs are not like coyotes. You know, coyotes are dogs of, of chance per se. They'll eat just about anything. That used to be my whenever we'd have our vet specialist come in on Fridays and do our little segment on the morning show, uh, you know, she would go through the whole, you know, don't give your dog chocolate, don't give him grapes, you know, raisins and all the other What's stuff. What's wrong with grapes? And I would say well, what about coyotes? They're in the canine family, and they eat all that stuff. And they, they eat don't water, watermelons. They eat watermelons. They Apples. Eat, yeah. That, that chocolate thing. I had, I had a beagle that ate a one-pound bar of dark Belgian chocolate, and I called my vet, and he said, make the dog throw up by giving him one tablespoon of hydrogen peroxide by mouth every 15 minutes till he threw up. Well, after about an hour and a half, I had a, a really ticked-off beagle, and I was tired of feeding the dog hydrogen peroxide. And that dog never reacted to eating a pound of chocolate. That's because so. it was the good stuff, Tom. Yeah, it was the Belgian stuff. So. Was, <laughs> it wasn't the cheap he stuff. He was mad. I was mad. And we finally <laughs> gave it up and went to bed. <laughs> what what were you, you doing with a pound of Belgian chocolate? It was a, it was, it was a gift. It was a gift from my uh, then mother-in-law. Uh, she had come back from a trip, and uh, Morgan decided that he wanted the chocolate more than I did. See? Dogs you, like chocolate. You laugh. I, I had a beagle that literally could open just the zipper on a backpack and go in and steal just the one item out of that pack. Didn't tear everything up. Could weasel its way in and get the bag of jerky or whatever you left in that pack. Incredible dog. Yeah, yeah, they're they're not stupid. They're uh, pretty Beagle, smart dogs. Beagles are very food motivated. Uh, the other great story that came out this past week is if uh, the world wasn't in enough chaos. Uh, this is from uh, Tree Hugger. Tree Hugger Magazine. Actually, this was sent to me by somebody. Um, Ghost Forest Trees. I'm going to read the headline as it's written so that you can understand where I'm coming from here. Ghost Forest Tree Farts Contribute to Climate Change Study Finds. Well, I got your attention there, Tommy. (laughs) I'm going to have to read this article. (laughs) Climate change is killing forests that are in turn... Uh, further enabling climate change because uh, these ghost trees are dead trees due to the uh, saltwater infiltration of watersheds to once healthy wetland forests are killing them off, leaving behind stands of dead trees. And the new climate train forest is now being caused by gases being released under the soil from these dead trees, which they refer to as dead tree farts is what they are. Uh, the trees and soils as opposed to the soil is what it's actually happening. And they describe, described as tree farts, uh, assessing that the greenhouse gases from these trees are now contributing to global climate change. So, so in other words, everything causes climate change. I think just about everything does uh, because I, I'm reading further into the story. They were talking about how the leaf litter... 
that's on there, once it starts decomposing and everything from the trees, let's not forget that. What does it produce? You ever walk through the mangroves? Oh, yeah. Compost. No. (laughs) Methane. Methane. Methane gas. When you go through the mangroves, you step in that stinky, nasty black mud, and it smells really terrific <laughs> then it's just all methane gas so uh, I'm, I'm trees not, are now I'm contributing not so much worried about tree ghost farts i'm worried about brain gun burrito that'll be yeah. later <laughs> that'll be later i can I'm control this that's why burrito. that's, that's I'm more why worried about that that's yeah. why i put you next on tom yeah <laughs> right. well the thing is is that you can uh you can control that as a human being you know it's there's change your diet or whatever but now it seems the trees themselves are also contributing to uh, you listen. Know, listen, all that stuff has been since the beginning of time. They just need something to write about. That's all. And lastly, I wanted to uh, bring this up. Uh, there's two of them here. I couldn't decide, but I wanted to let Bill George know this: that according to Fox News, big thing, big shift. Guess what? Hawaiian shirts are making a comeback hey. in fashion. I have made a change in the world. You have made, uh, you've just never changed. So uh, it's what comes around goes around, I guess, or what goes around comes around. So <laughs> Never throw anything out. It'll come back into fashion eventually. I, Sooner or later. I, I turn around. I wore a Hawaiian shirt yesterday, got complimented twice, and this morning when getting the burritos, they wanted to know why they weren't invited to the party. <laughs> ah, but see, now it's not according to you, but it it's hurts because my eyes. It's because celebrities are now being seen and spotted uh, and sporting them, like uh, you know David Beckham and you know others out there. Oh, who yeah, you're like who, David Beckham. Sure. Yeah, so are uh, mm-hmm. so are uh, they're you know now that they're starting to bring it back, you're going to be back in fashion, and it's good that you know that. But now, see the people who don't know you're going to be like, oh look at that guy, trying to be fashionable with his Hawaiian shirt on. And you're like going, dude, I'm the original. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the, in need of a few more. Hopefully, when I go to Hawaii, I can find some really good selection. Listen, I sent you a, a turkey Hawaiian shirt. Did yeah. you buy that? I did not. You, uh, you my, wife, my wife looked up that company, and it was had a lot of negative feedback. Oh, who cares? Did you see they're, they're also making tactical ones, too? They're making tactical Hawaiian shirts now that are pretty cool. I well, really I, like I those. I turn around. I, this is the urban camo. He li- that's in, not urban camo. That's I go bright red. Squirrels or that listen, in the city. Listen, go to Goodwill and you'll find 10 of those on the rack. All right? Okay. Yeah, you might be able to find them. $3. Are they silk or is that, is that a cotton one? Is that a cotton or it's silk? It's not silk. It's not silk. It's not silk. It's a cheapy cotton one. That's not the Margaritaville it, one, man. This may be polyester or something. I don't well, know. if it's if polyester, that's all good. Don't that's, smoke next to him with that one. That's all right. But uh, he'll sweat like a pig in there. But uh, Jonathan's on the phone. Hi, oh, Jonathan. Welcome oh. in. Good morning, guys. Oh, how are you? Where are you at? Uh, in Kissimmee with a bunch of our new fans. In Kissimmee? Uh, oh, wait. Does that mean they're all pigs? What, what, what do you mean? What do you um, I mean, I think, I think we're uh, some of the we're probably the most popular radio show for the National Junior Swine Association. Well, since everybody around me is listening to the show, and they're, I've had people ask me about is that really what, what they're doing with the grouper and everything oh, yeah. else? Yeah, yeah, that's what they're doing. They're going to get out there. Right. So wait, you're out in Kissimmee. You're out there by uh, Disney World. No, sir. I'm at Silver Spurs Rodeo Arena. Oh, you're down a little bit uh, south of uh, them out there. The reason why I bring that up is because, I don't know, Bill George, did you see that uh, 
Disney has removed more alligators than ever on their property this uh, past year. They're I about- have not seen that. Oh, yeah. It's funny because Disney operates under a different mode than some of the other things. They actually had the ability to do some of their own dealings with the, the alligators. And so. Yeah, well, I mean, they had state trappers and stuff involved in there. Um, but uh, according to this uh, article that came out last year, especially after the attack a couple of years ago, that uh, they've been really kind of merciless on the alligators within the well, park zone. And I'm thinking uh, to myself, why don't you let us do the same thing with that, that dangerous turkey and hog population well, they have running around there? Uh, I'm all for that. Well, <laughs> okay, so case in point of what you're saying, when we were coming over here yesterday, Taking the Polk Parkway, you know how many dead hogs I saw on the side of the road that were hit by cars? I'm going to say five. Uh, you would be correct, sir. I hit a couple. No, Have you? No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> well, no, I know you didn't hit them because they wouldn't be laying on the side That's of what road. I was going to say. That's a lie. You know, this is the same guy who called and goes, dude, there was a dead black coyote on the side of the road, and I was asking the guy, how long has it been there? Because I'd like to take it. Yeah. <laughs> take the belt. I got, I got, yeah, I got pictures well, of it, man. It's nice. Well, Jonathan, well, since I, you're on the line... I thought I would remind you, and you can let the people that are there, Monday, last day to apply for alligator permits. That's true. You've yes, been warned sir. and rewarned. Oh, I know. I've already been reminded about applying for them. Trust me. All right. So you don't I'll have to wait until the last minute. Doing alligator permits. So. Are you going to let Bill Sorry. George pick your lakes for you? I think he knows which know. ones to apply for. I don't know. I'm but, thinking Hillsboro, Polk. Calhoun, 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 Calhoun. Oh, no, so you're don't put Calhoun. Don't don't put that down Do that many times. Do not put Calhoun County. Why not? <laughs> Why can't he put a county tag down for there, man? You're going to get Calhoun County later on. They're going to be able to be got for sixty nine dollars. Why would you pay two seventy two if you could get something that's a little closer to home? Let your kid go out there and have a good time, and then pick up some Calhoun for sixty nine dollars. Yeah, Jonathan. Hey, are, are you going to offer yes, uh, gator, gator hunts uh, at your at your oh, place there, up there? There, there, there probably will be a uh, few combo, combo hunts combo. Okay. sold at the Big Buck Expo, July twenty third through twenty fifth. There you go. Uh, nice. Might be a hog or deer and an alligator combo. Nice. Now, Jonathan, you you say at the July twenty fifth. What what event is that? That is the Big Buck Expo. Big Buck Expo is coming back, baby. Are they calling it the Big Buck Expo again, or is it just what we've always known it as? The Big it's, Buck Expo? Uh, kind of my fault because that's what I'm going by. I haven't got the official <laughs> title. So, but, you know. It's it, wasn't it like the outdoor life? But Something like that. We don't know. We don't yeah. know yet. But everybody knows what the Big Buck Expo yeah. is. So uh, until they give us the official name, then we'll go with that. It's all good. And all it's right. in Lakeland. <laughs> Well, good luck out there today with your pig showing. I'll send you pictures, boys. All right, All it'll right, be man. fun. Remember, pick us up some bacon while you're out there. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay right there. We'll be right back.
Brian, welcome back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, Tom Free, Carlos, George, Diego. Hanging out with you this morning. Eating Oreos. Enjoying this beautiful Saturday morning. You guys are over there making plans. What are you going to be doing today on this beautiful Saturday? You're going to be making gear? Honey, Is that I, what I heard? Honey, I, I really need to be letting up some hooks. Uh, there are a couple of the uh, sizes that we're low on let it up hooks. Gator season's right around the corner, man. It Come is. on, not like it waiting until the last minute. It is, and as I was mentioning with Jonathan, Monday is the last day to apply in the first phase of alligator drawings for alligators. Uh, matter of fact, uh, Bill Burkett was asking for some advice. I was helping him out this last week, talking to him about his choices. It is amazing when people try to figure out the state's application process for alligators, how how it is not written in such a way that makes it easy for the average person to, to, to get it done. It's terrible. Do they think they do that on purpose, or is it just government doublespeak kind of thing that just drives people insane? Uh, I just don't. People do not understand how they how they do it, and and they're terrible on getting the information out to the people. They know they want to hunt alligators, and they know there's an application. There's a worksheet. Bill filled out his worksheet, and he put all these things down. And I'm like, uh, that that don't gonna work. You know, that's that's not how that really happens. Is it just me, or did it used to be a lot easier? Do you remember the days when you could just Go in there, put down your legs, you I, type it I, no, out. I like the first come, first serve. Yeah, Get in there, the way it used brawl to be. it out, you know, let me go head to head with the, you know, umpteen thousands of people trying to all hit alligator permits at one time. I but. liked it better that way for some reason. I don't know why. I know the, uh, the lottery system is supposed to be make it fairer for everybody, but I remember the days when we would all be on the phone together, me, Glenn, everybody was sitting there going, are you ready? Are you ready? What are you sure you got your I mean you have your legs all written down, you'd have everything next to you, and then all of a sudden you click online and start typing you know push enter, you, push enter, push enter, push enter. And then it'd be like, Yeah, you were successful, you got this tag. It was like, Yes. You know, but here in the state of Florida, most of our hunting opportunities are quota. Okay. And if you want to hunt deer in the fall here in the state. You better be thinking about it in the middle of the summer because that's when the draw is. And you, you all of a sudden you come to the fall and you say, man, I'd like to go hunt some deer. Well, any place that is decent to hunt deer is already, it's already quoted taken. out. Yeah, it's already done. Same thing with turkeys. Yeah. yeah. Well, the old days, uh, you know, I remember the days when uh, you had to go and have your quota hunt. You had to bring it in and deliver it and all that kind of stuff like that on the opening day. And there'd be lines outside of the sporting goods stores of, you know, hunters getting their stuff to put in their applications. Correct. For, you'd have a card. You'd have a physical card. Yeah, you had to fill it out. The old green card that you uh, that you put Damn. your stuff on there and do it. Damn, you guys are old. Yeah, right. It just, I don't know. That system always seemed to work. And then all of a sudden, somehow, it just became unfair. And we had to go to a lot of... It's more streamlined. It's more efficient on the agency side 
if you turned around and you looked back in the day, you had all those physical cards. If somebody were to put that into a computer, somebody had a day to enter it. They things got lost. Things it just Te- now technology, it, man. And this is one of the things. Oh, oh, you, you're a tag person, right? Me? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm a tag person. I'm going to go way squirrel on you here. Okay, that's fine. Way squirrel. All right. They're talking. There are people who are really pushing tags. You know what for? Lobsters. Lobster tags. Lobster tags. Lobster tags can be good. Uh, You know, no, no. They want to. They want to limit the number of people down in the keys during lobster season, and so they would like it to be a random draw. And issue you tags so you you can't issue you can't harvest more than you want. So one of the numbers was like forty thousand people go to the keys right now. At least six Do they tags realize of, what what a huge hit six the keys tags of that would be. Um, yeah, and, and they don't care. Like, how many tags are you going to try and print out, and what's the cost of a tag oh, to right. manufacture and then distribute? Their their business is down in the keys that they they completely rely on lobster season to to make it through the year. That is true. No, 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 no. You don't understand. They testified. These people don't. They don't produce in the economy there. They don't go out to eat. They bring all their own food in with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's know. true. That's not the way I lobster. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm thinking, is the tag going to be as big as the lobster? Because I, you know, like a gator tag or something, or deer tag. Where do you stick that? Thing? I was going to yeah. say, how do you how do you stick the tag through the? I guess you'd have to kill it first, or uh, put it through the fan, or whatever it is. I don't but, know. But, but it, it it's like really you, and I am all for what the agency has done. We have an ability. If Tom has a guest come in from out of state, comes to visit, and he says, hey, let's go for a boat ride, and you're taking a boat ride, and you say, hey, I see a school of fish over there feeding. You want to fish? Yeah. Let's get a fishing license real quick. You can go online with your phone, buy a fishing license, and immediately start to legally fish. That is great. That is That allows for spontaneous interactions. Let me go get out there and get fishing. And the same thing with hunting. Yeah. We, I took my wife hunting for turkey on the last day of turkey season, bought her a license as we were driving up in the car. Boom, she has her license. She's legal. Had I had to stop and go to a store and buy a license and all that and get tags, what are you going to You're going to have tags all over the state? It, no. No, but, uh, but uh, there are situations where the tag system is... Very, is, a, is attached <laughs> to that phone so that you can just go right there and do it, like in state, like in Missouri. State of, state of Missouri has a great app that, that I use when I'm deer hunting. I know uh, it's awesome. Just, you know, you, you can you can you don't even have to have you know if like in my area I have limited cell service. I can you know harvest a deer. I can you know go ahead and, and punch my tag electronically, and then I have uh, 24 hours to telecheck that deer once I get back into phone service if I've happened to be in an area where uh, you know AT&T doesn't think I need to make a phone call or get online and it and it works really really well you know technology is it, it, the easier we can make it for people to get their licenses or tags the more people we can get involved in the sports of hunting and fishing which is better for all of us yeah, and it makes it a lot easier cuz it's almost instantaneous information for the 
for the DNRs and everybody else, too. Then they can say, oh, they're really killing it over there in Hickory County today, man. They've killed about 1,600 bucks out of there in a day. Well, it's amazing. I I look at the harvest reports for uh, Missouri uh, for their turkey season. You know, as as with these with the apps and the telechecking, you know, they know their their numbers the day after season closes. They know their totals for the for the year, which, which is great, which aids them in making their management decisions. Because you know, Missouri now is taking a look at, uh, you know, maybe going down from a two bird limit to a one bird limit, and maybe getting rid of uh, hunting hens in the in the fall, uh, so that they can boost their turkey numbers. Yeah. That would be awesome, I guess. Like good idea. All right, we got to take a break. Bill Burkett with Porkganic Barbecue is on the phone. He's standing by. Don't go nowhere, Bill. We love you. We'll get you when we come back. We are brought to you by our good friends over at Brandon Vaughn. Stay right there. We'll be back. Castles made of sand fall in the sea eventually. Hi, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Deep in hour number two, Braden Gunn, Tom Free, Carlos Lopez, Bill George, Diego, and on the phone, the man himself, Mr. Bill Burkhead of Organic Barbecue. Good morning, Billy. Billy, Billy. Hey, morning, boys. How's it going? How are hey, you up? doing, man? Good. Yeah, yes. just uh, just kind of taking it easy this morning, enjoying a uh, nice Saturday, and you know, uh, hanging out with the boys today. I was going to say you've been doing a lot of uh, boy stuff. This I've been following you on uh, social media, taking the boys out doing some fishing, getting out there messing around, doing daddy stuff. Man, your life sucks. <laughs> oh yeah, it, uh, yeah, it's just terrible. I have to, uh, you know sit here and go in the woods with them and yeah you know go uh you know go go out to the fishing fishing holes with them and Look. stuff uh the the oldest one just got into uh making uh flies for fishing so he's that's what he's really gotten into but he, he came to me the other night and he said hey how do i make money off of this and i said <laughs> are we talking about like soda and candy money or are we talking about like pay the mortgage money because i don't think that one's gonna really work Um, you could probably you know what there was a kid who came up with that lure uh what was that one that was like a bottle cap type lure thing or something they came up with and next thing you know it caught on and like everybody had to have it and then i mean they were actually packaged and put in stores and all that stuff so he comes up with his own uh, design yeah. and it's you know he calls it the whatever special. Uh, I guarantee you that uh, he could probably make some money on it. Well, well, Bill, I tell you, you talking about going out with the kids and having a good time in the woods and that. I I used to joke. My dad took me out, but he had me walk in the ditches and he'd walk up on the roads, and it was my job to kick the rabbits up to him. You literally could have a pack of beagles, you know, with your kids. You you send them down in different areas. Yeah, that well, <laughs> the problem is, is those well, kids would be running them down. That well, the the problem too is that sometimes they are as loud as a pack of beagles. Yes, <laughs> but but it's their job to kick the rabbit to you. Not, yeah. They're not sneaking up on it. That's true. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to put that by the uh, 
a couple of them, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's a. I don't know that I want my son to be too successful in um, selling flies because if he makes too much money, I mean, we all see how those those stories work out where the parents spend all the money and then the kid sues the parents and then they're estranged from each other. Cause I guarantee you I'd spend it on boats. And <laughs> <laughs> At least you're being honest. You know, it's not like Britney yeah. Spears dad. I didn't touch her money. I don't know anything with her money. It's her money. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Bill at least goes, Bill's yep. like going, yo T man, get out there, make more money. Daddy needs a new engine. <laughs> exactly. Well, but, now what uh, do you got coming up? Uh, you got some charity deal or something? What are you going to be cooking? What, what are you doing? Well, we- we have a couple of things down the road. Um, it, it's really more of this fall. Uh, we have um, the Boats and Barbecue, which is down at My Warrior's Place, which is a charity down in uh, Reston, or I'm sorry, Reston, Ruskin, uh, Florida. Uh, but they have five acres on the water there uh, with bay access, and um, they own a couple of boats, a couple of pontoon boats. They take veterans out. On those boats, they have about 14 cottages that are out there. So they'll bring veterans in for free and let them just fish, canoe, kayak. They take them out on the boat. Uh, but I'll come down and put on a three- or four-day barbecue class where I stay actually on the property. And we'll go over one day. We'll go over nothing but chicken. So we'll cook you know, whole chickens, chicken thigh, chicken breast, chicken wing, chicken leg. And then the second day, we'll have rib day. We're, we're cooking nothing but short ribs, beef ribs, spares, baby backs, you know, stuff like that. Um, and then at the end of that, uh, on the fourth day of the barbecue clinic, we'll have all of the participants, which there's usually about eight of them, we'll have them pair up into teams. And uh, so we'll have all four teams compete against each other, but we'll give all eight participants the uh, little Smoky Weber, Smoky Mountain cooker. Um, smoker at the end of it. They're donated to us from Lowe's and Home Depot. Very nice. Well, Braden yeah. wants to come out and be a judge. I can judge that. You know, I am an official barbecue judge. You know, I did go through the class, and I'm Kansas City certified, what? so I got the button. Yes. Are I got, you kidding? I want to see that. Yeah, got the button, got yeah. the pendant, got the certificate, got the whole nine yards. I, I don't know, but I think Bill should come to our panfish challenge. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Oh, just so you can have him cooking? Leave no, the man alone. The no, no I, didn't say, I didn't say anything about that, but that's a good idea. No. <laughs> I thought he'd like, well, well, you know, maybe bring the bring the boys out and turn them loose. That's that, a good that, place to turn too, them loose. That too. They, they'd have a great yeah, time up there. If you need a rabbit hunt, my, I got I got a guy. I got I got kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, you know, uh, Braden, you joke about that, and I probably will look for uh, judges down the road. Uh, now, it'll be, right now, I'm working on getting, we usually try to have a celebrity judge, so it's between, you know, you and Tom Brady on who, who we'll pick as a celebrity judge, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll keep you informed. I guarantee you I know more about barbecue than Tom Brady ever will, so <laughs> let's just, you know, you got to remember how many years he spent up there in Boston, okay? You, you, know, yeah. you know more about eating barbecue. Damn right I do. So I am oh, I can admit that right now. Right now, I don't say in the radio station. But I'm just saying, yeah. um, I noticed that you left out oysters, man. Why don't you do a, do a thing where, you know, nobody does good, like, charcoal cooked oysters in this town. No one, ever. You know, it, it's funny that it's funny that you say that because my my oldest just got into oysters and uh I think that it, it's funny because I think he likes to eat them. 
but I think he likes the shucking process and the oyster knife and just being able to stab a rock and open up a rock more than anything else. <laughs> and so uh, stab a rock and we, eat what's inside of it. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> we, uh, we've gotten we've he's actually gotten into um, char grilling oysters where we'll put raw garlic um, and we'll put a little bit of uh, lime juice or uh, I'm sorry, lemon juice and uh, uh, raw garlic on there, maybe a little bit of Parmesan cheese and some Tabasco. And so we make, you know, gourmet oysters at the house sometimes on the grill. That's awesome. There's mm. a place outside of New Orleans called Drago's that is, is famous for Been their – but yeah, Well, you know, then you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. I took a bunch of Buccaneers there who had never had them before, and I've never seen – well – I have seen, but when you see offensive linemen and defensive linemen sit down and they eat one oyster, and the next thing you know, they're going through like their eighth dozen of them. Oh yeah, you know, I mean, they are delicious, and uh, I go there every time I'm in town to go there and get a few, and and nobody does them here. I don't, I don't understand that. I never could understand that. And for barbecue competitions, as many of them as I've ever been to, you never see where they they do anybody does oysters. None. No, no, that's a that, that's a that's a really good point. And uh, you know, my sous chef uh, uh, Jamil, he is actually from New Orleans, and so huh. I'm I'm going to talk to him about that. You should and, uh, steal Drago's recipe. I don't know what they do that make them heaven okay. sent, but they are delicious and great. I got to ask you, how old is how old is your son that now just discovered oysters? Oh, uh, he's ten. Ten. You know, that's about the same exact age as mine was when he wanted to try one. And when he did, he actually loved them. B, yeah. B loves oysters. I can't get the daughter to eat any of them. No way. There's no how. No no way. But but B, man, he will, he and I will polish off man a few dozen. No problem. She couldn't well, yeah. couldn't eat the ven- uh, canned venison either. No, she couldn't eat the, the the venison either. That was only because she saw it in the jar before it went into the spaghetti sauce. So and she was I, like, I don't, ah, I'm not eating. I, it. I don't blame her. I, I I don't know how I ate it. Oh, you mean the venison? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, when but, are these events are going to be? Are they going to be open to the general public, or are these are? Yeah, so the, the the events are open, but they're not really advertised very much. So I'll make sure to keep you guys in contact or in uh, in the loop on it because the other the other event that we're doing in uh, November is going to be the uh, Martin Grammatica <clears throat> the Martin Grammatica kickball tournament, and uh, that's a big event because yep. all of the proceeds from that event go towards uh, building a mortgage-free, energy-efficient home, uh, an actual home for a veteran uh, that's been, you know, wounded or, or has a has had a life-altering uh, illness or, or something like that. And so this year is the eighth house that we're actually building uh, with the, uh, the, the kickball tournament money. And what I'm going to do there, um, because I go out and I cook pro bono, I cook pro bono at all of these events, except for the competitions, but the kickball tournament, we cook pro bono there. Um, but what I'm going to do this year is I ordered, and I, I got about a week ago, a, a five-gallon, and Jonathan's going to be interested in this, a five-gallon cast-iron Dutch oven. And what I'm going to do with that is I'm going to dig a hole out of the park. Of course, i got to get permission from the parks people because I'll get tarred and feathered for digging a hole. <laughs> That's right. At a, yeah. 
You're only you, you have to have an impact study uh, done sure. before the yeah. well, archaeological it, test. It, yeah, if you have a a black bag and some gloves and some duct tape, then yeah, you got to answer yeah, some questions. Uh, well, the good thing is, is we're six months out, so I should be able to uh, get you know, all get the, the proper permits right yeah. down to the line. Sure, but um, we uh, what we're going to do is dig a hole, and then uh, we're going to put a bunch of hot coals in the bottom of that hole. We're going to take that Dutch oven. We're gonna we're going to get a couple of pork butts and wrap them in banana leaves. And then we're going to seal that Dutch oven up, and we're going to bury it in the ground, mm. and then uh, pull it back out in about eight or ten hours. That'd be all right. Yeah, that'd be a good thing. I got to ask you this: Are you going to bring your boys and uh, participate in the kickball tournament, or are you just going to be a spectator? Who do you think is digging the hole? Oh, <laughs> the boys. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I got you. I wonder what the yeah, age they're... limit is on the uh, on the kickball tournament. I guess you could do just about any team, right? Well, you could, and um, well, we're gonna we're gonna sponsor a team this year. So what I'll do is uh, I'll actually throw you guys a uh, spot or two for the big and wild outdoors. But um, you see some pretty uh, you see some pretty risque uh, team names. Uh, I remember a couple of years ago, uh, you know, there was a team called the Ballbusters, and of course, uh, you know, then you have like one team that was set on my base. And it had a picture of a, a base from a baseball, and um, you know, so I mean, there's some pretty creative, uh, perverted people there in Hillsborough County. Well, I was going to uh, say I have a bunch of kids who are ringers when it comes to kickball. I could probably you know, field a pretty good team, but I don't think we're going to come up with a name name like that. Yeah, yeah, it no. uh, well, it's 18 years and older. That's it's that. Oh, kind of dang it, man! Because uh, you know yeah. why? You know why? Because all those kids that still play kickball, my kids grew up playing it uh, at their school. They got ringers, man. Well, you bring well, a, bring them in. If you bring your kid, you better bring his birth certificate because that kid's well, so, big. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. you, do you guys know John Senning? No. Uh, wait, do it, I? So John is uh, Drew Garabo's right-hand man. So John did the tournament two years ago and tore his ACL rounding a base. Oh, And, no. I mean, he had to have major surgery. And he was just doing nothing more than just rounding a base. Yeah, well, and, uh, yeah, well, you know that's what happens when you get a little older. older. <laughs> you get a little yeah. older, and you think you're still I'm in, sixteen. I'm in, I'm in danger of of tearing an ACL getting out of bed every morning. <laughs> I thought you were going to say sitting here on the show. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Well, never, I got, never I got a guarantee. A you get your alligator application in. I did. I uh, I got the ta- I got the uh, submissions in, and I I cannot thank you enough, uh, Bill, for. You know, the uh, submissions, because I'll tell you what, I had an excited 10-year-old that was looking over my shoulder as we were going down the lot, uh, list on the website of, uh, you know, putting in uh, different ones. And, and I'll, I'll tell you, the, uh, the private properties that I have access to, Yes. Um, after thinking about it for a while, I just decided to go ahead and forego those because the numbers just weren't going to work out. Yeah, um, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Well, Bill... Call us when you get closer to the events. You know you're always welcome to call and do whatever you want to do, man. we got to take a break for the top of the hour, okay? Yeah, no problem. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you guys later. All right, Bill. Take it easy, man. Right. Bill Riquette, right. Organic Barbecue. You should be following him on Facebook if you can. And that way you know exactly what he's doing and where this barbecue is going to be available for you to consume. It's delicious. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors. Hour three's right around the corner. Stay there. We'll be right back, you guys.